A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning and happy hump day. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. Thanks for hanging out with me on a Wednesday. Not too bad in terms of temperatures today, a high of 45 in the Madison area. And if we look at where Pam is in Iceland, they'll be seeing highs in the single digits. So we cannot complain. I do see precipitation on the way, though, for the end of this week. It's a good thing our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck, will be joining us soon with those forecast details. Also in the hour, we'll get an update from Steffes Group on where they're seeing equipment and land prices going as we get ready for spring and peak auction season. Rounding out today's show is the Wisconsin Beef Council with a checkoff update. But first, Jill Welke has some great info from UW Extension on protecting your corn and soybeans as soon as you put that seed in the ground. Well, look at that. Easter! It's right around the corner coming up on April 9th, and I want to introduce you to the best partners you can have for the center of the table Easter ham. Bavaria Sausage. Yep, fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here reminding you Judy and the crew are ready to help with their most popular ham. It is the whole bone-in ham, the best-tasting, old-fashioned season, family-style ham that money can buy. If you remember those visits to Grandma's house for Easter and Christmas, that's the ham you're looking at. Just a light hickory smoke, not salty, really lean, and no water added, so the full flavor comes through. And a lot of different options as far as size. So whether it's just one or two or it's the whole family, Bavaria Sausage has you covered. Check it out and get ordering online, BavariaSausage.com, or check out their Facebook page, Bavaria Sausage. Plant disease is always a hot topic. This is Joe Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. I caught up with Dr. Damon Smith. He's an expert on field crop disease identification and management. He's part of UW-Madison's Department of Plant Pathology. We talked about corn diseases, what we can do about them, and we talked about soybean diseases along with apps that can help you identify those diseases. Yeah, the one on everybody's mind is tar spot. You know, relatively new disease for us, and it's a tropical origin, so it's got everybody's attention because we don't know much about it, and it can hit corn pretty hard. What's the spread look like? Yeah, you know, we've Wisconsin, we first had it in 2016, and every year we've had it since, but it keeps moving more northward each year. So it started in the southern part of the state and keeps radiating further north year after year after year. So a lot of the corn acreage now has, uh, has some experience with tar spot, unfortunately, on their farms. What are the biggest issues with tar spot? Yeah, the, the biggest one is if it gets started early enough uh, in the season, especially prior to that tasseling uh, grow stage in the corn plant, it can actually uh, shut the plant down prematurely. In other words, dry it down, it won't produce, you know, finish producing yield and that sort of stuff. So we see, first off, we see yield reductions, right, from shutting the plant down uh, early. And then secondarily, we also have harvest problems uh, where we have high levels of tar spot because it, when the plant shuts down early, it tries to scavenge carbohydrates from the stalk. So we have stalk quality issues and we have a lot of lodging. What are we going to do to control it? 
Yeah, great question. You know, we're doing a lot of work looking at management right now, myself, as well as colleagues in other states. We have a lot of coordinated work going on. And we, we think that one of the first places to look is resistance in the hybrids. And we do know there's starting to be some hybrids that are out on the market that have some what we call partial resistance. So it's going to be, you know, not immunity, but it'll actually slow down um, that, that, that increase, right, in kind of mid and late season. The other place to look is, is probably a fungicide application. We've seen some good results on a well-timed uh, fungicide application. So if you choose something with two or three modes of action in the jug, you get it on anywhere from tassel time to kind of that R3 or milk milk stage, then you know, you, you're, you're right in the window in terms of a, a good well-timed application. With that said, we still see tar spot increase. It just increases a much slower and the plant can hopefully beat the fungus to the finish. But eventually everything sort of gives up and we still have some tar spot even in those fields where we use, use these tactics. So we've already went over some of the advice. Other than the genetics and the spraying, that would help us out. Yeah, we usually then go after, you know, cultural practices. So we do, we've done some work looking at uh, residue levels in a field, uh, especially, you know, if you think about no-till corn on corn fields with a high level of residue versus, say, a two-year rotation where we might have done some chisel plowing or something like that. We do see some reduction where we've had some tillage and can reduce the residue levels. However, um, you know, it's probably not going to be the end-all, be-all. It's kind of an incremental drop where we control uh, or reduce the residue levels. You, you're also going to still need to layer uh, those resistant uh, hybrids and, and fungicides on top. And the reason for that is while you can have a local or an in-field initiation of the epidemic, you still have spores moving from outside the field inward. So unless you had like a 10-mile radius of till ground around your cornfield, which ain't going to happen here in the Midwest, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough thing to, to deal with um, in terms of just residue management and trying to reduce tar spot. You know. Let's swing on over and talk soybean diseases. Mm-hmm. What's going on out there? Yeah, we continue to battle white mold here. That continues to be uh, one that's really significant for us on the soybean side of things. Um, you know, the, and the struggle there is we've seen really the optimum timing for in-season control, which is, you know, fungicide applications has moved in, in time. Uh, you know, five, six years ago, we would have recommended an R1 application. Those seemed to work good at that time, and we've seen that now drift later in the season. A lot of that has to do with the way the, the weather is lined up with the physiology of the, of the soybean plant, and it's just sort of, uh, you know, typically lines up at that R3 or beginning pod uh, growth stage in soybeans. So we see our applications of fungicides, really the optimal timing has now moved uh, towards that growth stage. So we, we've been doing some work trying to understand that. The, the trade-off now though is that, you know, later in the season we've got a more dense canopy and trying to then move fungicide down into that dense canopy can be a real challenge. And you brought up the W word, weather. What have you seen in your research over the years? Yeah, I mean, just just looking at the numbers, you know, it, it, it they don't lie. So, you know, we're seeing warmer trends uh, over time. And from a pathology perspective, it isn't necessarily the temperature that's, you know, really driving a lot of these, but it's the moisture aloft that comes with those those higher temperatures. So you have more more heat, you put more water in the air, and that leads to higher relative humidities. And then we, with higher relative humidities, we get more 
you know, leaf wetness and leaf wetness duration. And we really think that, you know, if we look at tar spot on corn, that's what's really driving a lot of this is that rel high relative humidity, uh, especially when, when those periods are, are broken up with, say, a, a drought time too. So where we have those extreme events that kind of uh, appears to be pushing diseases like tar spot. Yep. Let's get on back to the soybeans and the white mold and how far is that spread? Yeah, so, uh, you know, white mold is kind of interesting in that in soybeans, it doesn't spread very far, very fast if it's left to its, its own devices. So uh, it has what we call a very short dispersal gradient. So the spores basically go up, bump the bottom of the canopy, and then come back down. So, you know, a few feet a year, something like that. Now, if you run a tillage implement or something like that through the field, then we can move it around uh, quite a bit because it has a unique survival structure we call sclerotia, which resembles a rat turd. So kind of an interesting uh, thing. But, you, you know, you sort of think about white mold survival structures like you would weed seeds so any way you move a weed seed around same way you can move move those sclerotia around so you know if you no-till if you're a no-tiller um, you know no-tilling over time and working some small grains in you know eventually you might be able to rotate yourself out, out of a, a white mold situation and what are those issues that white mold brings yeah, white mold just hammers the plants, you know, especially on, on really susceptible varieties to the point where, you know, you can have almost complete yield loss on a, on a plant. Um, you know, partial resistance is out there. So we see, especially in the bush type soybeans, we see a lot of lateral branches get hit. Uh, so that's a sort of a partial yield reduction there. Uh, so it can be it can be pretty substantial. Uh, you know, the other problem is, is it can be pretty aggregated or clumped in a field. So it's hard to get your management strategies down when you got little pockets, right? So, so that is a challenge as well. Keeping good field history and that sort of thing, kind of knowing which fields are hit really hard and prioritizing your management to those fields is really helpful. Well, it looks like we talked right about through the control part, but there are other things that you can do other than just the field management, right? Yeah, I mean, variety choice uh, and, you know, populations, dropping the population down a little bit. Uh, we, we've been doing some work with Sean Conley at, at UW looking at, you know, can we go down to as low as 100,000 soybeans, uh, you know, at, plant, at planting and reduce the amount of white mold? And we sure can. And so um, we, we see that as an option. Row spacing can help, uh, although we see the effect of, of uh, a seeding rate being a stronger you know, player in that than row spacing. So if you're if you're if you're into 15 inch row spacing, that's fine. Just get serious about planting population, and then we're seeing some farmers getting pretty creative with cover crops. So we're we're having we're seeing some folks uh, experimenting with roller crimping or planting green and then rye termination and that sort of stuff. Trying to think about physical barriers uh, for the white mold fungus and just trying to reduce uh, initial onset of the disease. When you talk about farmers doing other things. Are you ever able to use some of that information from farmers other than just your control group? Yeah, well, you know, this this corn soy expo that we're standing at here is a great place for me to learn because I just got a couple of new uh, hypotheses that I might work on this this year. So, you know, these interactions with farmers, this is what this is where our science and research comes from, right? So they give us the ideas and give us the uh, means to go out and test those things and put the science to work. So this has been great here. I've gotten a few ideas already, and I hope I don't forget them between here and home. And and technology is playing a bigger part in keeping control of those diseases. What do you offer out there? 
Yeah, we, we actually have uh, computer apps actually for both tar spot and white mold. So uh, we, we first started with Sporecaster, which is our white mold decision tool. It took us a few years to build that tool. We had to blaze the trail, so to speak, in terms of how do we do this, how do we pull in weather data and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we, we've had a lot of success there. We had, you know, over 6,000 phones last year actually had, had Sporecaster on the phone. So we see a lot of good usage there. Uh, after we built Sporecaster, we took that platform and we, we extended it to Tarspot. Uh, we have to rework the models, of course. It's a different host, uh, different, different, um, you know, pathogen and all that sort of thing. But we could take that that framework and and, and mold it to that new system. And we've had some good success there as well. And we're going to be running our fourth generation of the uh, Tar Spotter app actually this 2023 season. So those are tools. There are tools out there for folks to you know assist them in making that decision on whether you know is now a good time to spray. Is it lining up with the growth stage is the environment been conducive so you know it's not the end-all be-all but it's certainly a decision tool digital ag is the hot place in the agricultural world right now so we uh, like being in the mix it's it's been an exciting journey to work with computer programmers i'm a biologist you know so working with computer programmers we, they speak a different language than than i do so it's been fun at the Corn Soy Expo, and that was Damon Smith. He's UW-Madison plant disease specialist, and I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wisconsin Farm Bureau leadership opportunities have benefited me in multiple ways. Right now, I'm a member of the Farm Bureau Leadership Institute, and I always thought I was a good public speaker. And then we went through some of that training in our very first session, and I had these aha moments that I'm going to use when I am promoting agriculture to consumer groups. WFBF.com. You should reach out to them. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Do you have a history of white mold or SDS in your bean fields? While you can never predict when disease will occur, using the right seed treatments can reduce your risk of yield loss when it does. Did you know adding Heads Up to your seed treatment package brings a proven mode of action that primes your beans so they're ready to fight off disease all season long? Ask your seed dealer to apply Heads Up for protection against both white mold and sudden death syndrome this season. Learn more at headsupst.com. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily, because some people at school have noticed changes going on with you, and we're concerned. Like what? Who? Some of your friends, teachers. It sounds like you've lost interest in a lot of things lately. You're hanging with new friends? So? So, individually, maybe those things are no big deal, but taken together, and then the incident the other day, you were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know. But we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We just want to understand better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we just want to make sure you understand the negative consequences for someone your age. The physical and mental health effects, the poor decision making, and the confusing legal aspects these days. So what do you say? Can we talk? For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Uh, good morning and welcome back. It's time now for your Compure Financial Egg Weather Update 
with Stu Muck. And Stu, I forgot to ask you, have you been keeping up with Pam's farm tour? She just posted those Northern Lights photos on Facebook. I didn't see those, but I'm going to have to look now. Oh, I think so. They're like, the pictures are so pretty, so I can't imagine how it looks in person. It's probably breathtaking. But yeah, check out Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook to see those. The catch is, though, that they're seeing temps in the single digits. Here in Wisconsin, we're going to be pretty mild in the mid-40s, huh? Yeah, that's we're going to have a couple of mild days, Stephanie. I know I looked at that uh, for, forecast for Iceland last week, and I saw that she's going to get a little moderation here at the end of the week, but it's going to come with some precipitation, too, like it's going to happen for us. We have to talk about precipitation building in not yet today today some sunshine boy that all sounds good but there is a front just off to the west of minnesota and then extending due west out of south dakota back on into parts of wyoming and idaho and all around that frontal boundary there is precipitation snow in the far western dakotas northern parts of montana and wyoming and back into idaho our expectation is that low and that frontal boundary will head towards southern minnesota as we make our way into early tomorrow and then cross through southern Wisconsin as we make our way toward early Friday with that low and the attendant frontal boundary moving on through. Precipitation is most likely going to develop not yet today. Today, some sunshine and very mild air. Sounds like a beautiful day. Going to melt some of that snow and ice out in the yard. But then there's that chance of rain around late tonight. Some rain into the day Thursday. Could start to mix with or change to snow. First in western Wisconsin. More likely for all of us later on Thursday night or into the day Friday. Not that we expect a whole lot of snowfall, but rain amounts up to a half inch as we look through Thursday. Snow amounts maybe close to an inch into Friday. I'll have forecast details right after this. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compierre.com slash crop insurance. Compier does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You know, I can handle the rain stew, but when the snow mixes in there and things get icy, that's when I get frustrated. <laughs> what other details can you flesh out for us this morning? Well, then we won't talk about Thursday night or Friday. How about that? <laughs> Our Compere Financial Ag weather forecast is for a sunny day today, becoming partly sunny. Clouds will develop. But we head up in the mid-40s, a big rise over yesterday. South winds 5 to 15 could gust to 25. Overnight, cloudy skies and that slight chance of a little rain in the nighttime. Not going to amount to much, but some rain starting. We only drop back into the upper 30s, so it does stay quite mild. South winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. And then tomorrow's a cloudy day with rain, especially in the afternoon. Quarter to half inch amount of rain, not out of the question. Still in the mid-40s. With the south winds gusting up at 15 and 25, rain may mix with a little snow Thursday night, 
More likely all snow then with cloudy skies on Friday. It stays windy, maybe up to an inch of wet, sloppy new snow in the low 30s. The northwest winds Friday, though, gusting up to 25 and even 40 miles per hour. So new snow, Stephanie, but then really windy for Friday. So it's going to seem kind of wintry again. And we'll catch up with you again tomorrow, Stu, for more of those details and maybe how the weather's changed. That's your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update. Compere Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. And you can visit Compere.com. And again, don't forget to check out Pam's farm tour. She's in Iceland this week, and she's posting pictures at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Celebrate family, home, and the outdoors with Trex Decking from Brunzel Lumber and Millwork. Trex Composite Decking is durable, long-lasting, and there's no finishing, rotting, cracking, or splintering. Plus, it comes in a variety of colors. Relax for a change, because while you're making your house a home, Brunzel and Trex is making your home a work of art. Brunzel Lumber and This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna because you're worth it. Learn more at lyunawisconsin.org slash join. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's jeweler. 
Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Sprucing up your office space can be pretty darn simple with Office Furniture Warehouse of Madison. We design it, we install it, and we even give you a 5% referral discount. Better yet, we take care of the old stuff for you. You deserve a new look. Impressive office furniture with warehouse pricing makes Office Furniture Warehouse America's go-to office furniture store. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Badgers up for a national championship. It's in the name, so I can say that, Zach. The NIT tonight. Woo! Three seed, the Wisconsin Badgers. Were they supposed to be a two seed? Did someone screw up? They are the two seed. I thought they were the three seed. They, there was a transcription error, if that's what you're wondering. Because yeah, RJ was talking something off air about how they were supposed to be a two seed, but they were a three seed because the bracket, someone messed up like printing the brackets or something. Can you explain this yeah, to me? Yeah, there was a transcription error. <laughs> So I think that pretty much tells you what you need to know about the NIT. But, Thank you, uh, Zach. I was just going to say that. I was like, they're making a big deal about it. They can't even get their brackets and their seating right. It's clearly NIT. It's not the real thing. It's not March Madness. It's not the NCAA. Everywhere tournament. I look, it says the three seed. Yeah, it's they're, they're the two seed. Um, why does so, it say three seed even on the NIT's website? I don't know why it does. They can't. I, I think if you look, like I looked at the NIT bracket, it has them as a two. Um, it's, I mean, it's irrelevant uw put out a, a tweet saying that there was a mix-up um, wisconsin obviously not ranked uh below liberty uh but yeah so th- they're the two seed there and if they win tonight they'll play on sunday uh, against liberty or villanova but yeah there was just there was just a mistake uh, a transcription error i believe is what they called it that's hilarious so every so if whenever if anyone hears my sports update, just say just know that when I say three seed, it actually identifies as the two. So there you go. All right, Zach, Bradley, what do we know? It's not one man, and there's not a guy named Bradley on the roster, as Ben Kenny pointed out yesterday. But Zach, yeah. what do we know about Bradley? How many did, how many did they win in a row until they fell to Drake in the uh, championship game of their conference? Oh, you were listening. Uh, they. Uh... They won 12 in a row before they lost to Drake in their conference title game. Had they won that game, they would be playing in the NCAA tournament. Mm. The NIT, uh, you know, so like all those teams that 
dominate in their conference like all year and then like in the smaller conferences and then go and lose in their conference title game or don't make it to their conference title game, they are an automatic qualifier because they won their regular season, uh, the regular season title in their league. So that's why Bradley is in this game. Um, they're coached by Brian Wardle. Um, and that exhausts what I know about Bradley. So, um, <laughs> but Bradley's like, Bradley's like good though. Like, it, right? it, 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 yes, it's a, it's a team that's actually had, had some success this year and, uh, certainly would not be a surprise. What what's the spread now? I think it opened like four. Last time I saw it was like two and a half. Yeah, it opened. At, it actually opened at two and a half. Got up to four. Now bet back down to three. Uh, gotcha. All right. So either way, um, I, this certainly would not be a surprise considering what we've seen from Wisconsin this year to see Bradley come in and win this game tonight. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it is a good team. Uh, you would think Wisconsin would have an advantage inside. They don't necessarily have a big that could. Uh, should be able to match up with Stephen Crow, but uh, either at Ohio State for the most part. So um, we saw how that worked out. Well, Zach, Bradley is a team that plays in the Missouri Valley Conference, and they're a team that does sniff around the NCAA tournament <laughs> in in certain years. Like they've they been to it, this year. Yeah, they've been, been to been NCAA in, tournaments. Yeah, they should have been. In, they should have been in this year. I mean, when you win twelve straight, you get uh, you're the, the regular season champion. You're the number one seed, and, and you lose in the conference title game, it sucks because you only get one. It's a one bid league, but um, it didn't used to always be a one bid league. They used to be able to get a few teams in, but that's what the, that's what that league is now. And it, it sucks for them. Um, and now they get to see, maybe they'll have some motivation to come out and uh, prove that they deserve to be there and, and whip the crap out of Wisconsin. And we'll see. Speaking of motivation, I, Rowdy and I talked about this earlier this morning. I feel like Bradley might be the more motivated team. I, I don't know because Wisconsin's only you know not been in since what two times. It's been the second time since nineteen ninety. Well, Zach, just in general, when you look at that line, it opened at two and a half, got up to four, back to three. When you look at a lot of power rankings and what you know experts give for home court advantage, normally it's three or four points at a you know standard regular season game. They're basically telling you that Bradley should be at an even team with Wisconsin. Should that surprise anybody? I mean, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, they're not, they're not just some little crappy Bradley from a little crappy conference. Like they're actually a decent team. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I mean, again, the net rankings are irrelevant at this point. They're used to to help with, you know, kind of determining teams for the NCAA tournament. Bradley's net ranking is higher than Wisconsin. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, however, they went 0 and 5 in quad quad one game so against teams that were good teams not so much uh four and two against quad two wisconsin if wisconsin plays they have played at times this year they should beat bradley we survived rusty playgrounds no helmets and drinking from the hose this is the midwest farm report it's a wednesday that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the steffes group S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com or pick up the phone and talk to them. 800-726-8609. We're well aware that a lot of folks are comfortable doing business online and some folks still want uh, the connection of real people with that phone call. Bottom line is you're going you're gonna to be connected with people regardless. That's what the Steffes Group is all about, uh, making transactions easy for you, but also keeping you connected with the buyers, uh, keeping you connected with the sellers and those uh, service folks that are along with the Steffes Group to tell you what you need to know as far as information is concerned. All right, let's talk a little bit more, Ashley. It's a busy time of the year, and one thing that we don't focus a lot on 
is the specialty items that the Steffes Group coordinates, uh, really, across the United States. You've got a big manure handling specialty auction that's coming up, again, online. And part of the reason I bring this up, folks, is you know, in Wisconsin, you see the semis going up and down the road. You see the special equipment out in the fields. We have a very specialized Custom Operator Association in Wisconsin that takes a lot of that responsibility off of our livestock owners' shoulders when it comes to nutrient management. This is a perfect example of where they'd want to train their eye, isn't it, Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've sold lots of retirement stuff that have pumping and handling on it. That's how we really got into this about about eight years ago. So uh, twice a year, once in March and once in August, which is before the next manure pumping season. And so let's focus on this one, March 28th. Uh, it'll be a consignment. There'll be equipment from five, six states here in the upper Midwest, and it's just going to focus on that specialty, manure pumping and handling equipment. Yeah, and that is not only high-value equipment, but it's hard to get. You know, I'm not sure if they've worked through their supply chain issues that were created during the pandemic, but, boy, when you have one piece like that that's broken, you need to replace it super quick. Yeah, truly. It's, it is hard to get this stuff. It is in short supply. One thing about the pumping and handling business is this equipment is so expensive. Um, we see a lot of guys that do make some of their own equipment. They do put their own lead pumps together on their own trailers and some really nice fabricators out there. And uh, it just, it's just amazing what that stuff costs. And of course, we always get some hose reels and some hose that is on the auction. Yeah, there are a lot of different ways that people approach this uh, situation, but the bottom line is uh, you have to have good equipment because the regulatory agencies that are monitoring you are uh, definitely going to catch you if something breaks or something misfires. Now, And this equipment, it comes from across the United States too, Ashley, so if you've only been kind of bumping around here in Wisconsin trying to find something, now your scope of opportunity has expanded. Yeah, it really is, you know, and we, we deal with some, there's a, a northern Minnesota, there's a spot where there's there's like four or five custom pumpers right down mm-hmm. on the same road. We see a lot in Wisconsin, of course, but mm-hmm. even in South Dakota, there's some big operators out there that do a lot of trading. Right, yeah, and and we're seeing pockets of dairy everywhere from Colorado, obviously, Texas. Uh, we got a lot of folks that are expanding that footprint of where dairy operations are, and those are usually the folks that call on the experts, the custom operators, to try to get the job done. Now, we mentioned that that is an online auction that's kind of running this week or this uh, month, right, Ashley? Yep, it ends on the 28th of March, so definitely get online and check it out. And, of course, if you got stuff to consign, just starts with that phone call. We'll come out, we'll look at it, we take the pictures and all that good stuff. Get hopping on it, though, folks, if you're interested or if you're interested in getting an item on that auction, because like we said, uh, the momentum of the online uh, sale definitely keeps going, but you don't want to miss the close date. How do you find out more? The best place to start, the stuffersgroup.com website, S-T-E-F-F-E-S Group. Or if you're really curious about something and want quick action, you just have to have that physical touch, then the best thing to do is call them direct, 800-726-8609. That's 800-726-8609, another specialty auction on the books coming up online with Ashley Hewn from the Steffes Group. 
Focus on your farm in 2023 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. I look at this dairy cow, and again, it's the animal that I love. The things that this dairy cow can do and the way that she can produce milk, to me, there is no substitute for milk in the world. And to be able to keep cows and help cows produce that for people, to me, that's a privilege. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. And now we'll take a look at our markets on a Wednesday morning. From Chicago, cash corn is up a nickel and three quarters at 626 and a half. December new crop corn is up two and a quarter cents at 561 and a half. Cash beans are up four cents, trading at 1497 and three quarters. And November new crop beans are down a penny and a quarter at 1337 and a quarter. Cash wheat is up seven and a quarter cents, trading at 703 and a half. And new crop wheat is up seven cents at 713 and three quarters. Taking a look at fluid milk, the April Class 3 milk contract is down nine. Cents at 1844 a hundredweight. May milk up 66 cents at 1860 a hundredweight. On the close yesterday, barrel cheese was up four and a half cents at a dollar eighty-four. The forty-pound block cheese up eleven and a half at a dollar ninety-two and a half. And double A butter was unchanged from Monday at two thirty-eight. Stick around. We're talking to Wisconsin Beef Council next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People. 
Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's time again for Checkoff Chat. Of course, it's all about helping you better understand how your beef checkoff dollars are being spent. Remember, the Wisconsin Beef Council is the guiding force on research, education, and promotion of beef right here in the state of Wisconsin. Checkoff Chat's also brought to you courtesy of a partnership with the Equity Livestock Sales Association. We are really happy to have along with us today Mike Simone. He's the Executive Director of Market Research and Intelligence at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, one of the contractors for the checkoff. And I'll tell you what, they just released some really exciting information about consumption trends with consumers at their recent gathering in New Orleans. And Mike, honestly, uh, when I took a look at some of the research, people, producers specifically, have to understand the research, the science is deep when it comes to how consumers are taking advantage of beef, doesn't it? It does. It's pretty extensive, and we spend a ton of time researching every topic that we possibly can to support support producers and beef production around the country. Let's talk a little bit about what you saw when uh, all the data was coming together. Like I said, uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association issued a press release about the consumer demand for beef and how it still remains strong. And then even taking a closer look at uh, other proteins that are in the marketplace and how beef is positioned. I guess the good news that I took away from it, Mike, is despite all this conversation about inflation, recession, interest rates, consumers just have a taste for beef. They do. Consumers love their beef. They've stuck with us. They continue to purchase. Um, you know, We see, based on survey results, about 69% say they consume beef on at least a weekly or more basis, uh, which is pretty much unchanged for the year. So demand has re- remained strong. From that aspect, you also look at sales and inflation. Inflation has uh, grown at a much lower rate for beef compared to other proteins. Um, overall inflation, as you know, was probably, it was about 6.5% for December, down a little bit more in January, 6.4%. And then food was about 10.4%. And food at home, actually, is is up a higher level, about 12% versus 8, 8% for food away at home. So they're getting hit at the uh, the grocery counter, checkout counter, more so than they are at the restaurant. But all meats in, uh, in January were, were up about 8%, whereas uh, beef was actually down a little over 1% in terms of inflationary year-over-year, January-to-January. And it's really the other proteins that are driving that inflationary figure for foods and all meats. And in particular, poultry is up about 11% and eggs are up about 70%. And actually, a, a pound of ground beef now is actually cheaper than a, than a dozen eggs. So it's been a pretty good story overall. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Mike, tell me, do you see a cyclical pattern in some of this research? Mike and I started the conversation before we got on the air about weather. Uh, weather can be kind of an influencing uh, situation for a lot of people. And I was also intrigued when you said more people are continuing to eat at home. Is that weather or is that our comfort after the pandemic? I think it's a combination of those two. And the other thing, you mentioned the cyclical aspect of it, and part of the uh, the equation here is just the the uh, cattle inventory. We had a lot of cattle and cows that went to market uh, liquidation due to the drought. 
high hay feed fuel costs, high input costs across the board, which forced that, as you probably know, over the last several months. And so there, there was a temporary uh, surplus of supply in the market, but that's about to reverse as we head into 23 and 24. Uh, now that we're kind of at this trough of inventory and most of the liquidation that's occurred has occurred. So now we'll start to see in the months ahead uh, tighter supplies and pricing prices going up, which benefits producers as well. You know, um, yep, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say something you pointed out. Uh, uh, we also have to be cognizant of the fact that um, if the price of beef at the grocery store is up slightly compared to other proteins, consumers are still going to that counter looking for beef. I mean, I saw the percentages on people that are still willing to pay money for a steak. Uh, shows the quality of eating. People still put high value on that. They do. And, you know, once, you know, the satisfaction, we track satisfaction scores and they're, they're generating the 85 to 95% level of satisfaction. So again, they, they get that value, that intrinsic value that comes with beef, the taste, the versatility. Uh, there's five demand drivers that we track as well, price being one of them. Uh, but, uh, they're still going to the grocery store. They're still buying it and the satisfaction levels are super high. They are eating more at home, about uh, 76%, roughly, about three-quarters. Uh, 38% say they're eating more at home, which is up from about 30 31% last year. And almost all of them, 95% of consumers, say they're going to continue to eat more at home. And part of that is the, uh, you know, they're stretching that beef purchasing dollar as far as they can. They haven't stopped purchasing, but they're getting creative with new recipe ideas, doing more with leftovers, freezing, stocking up, and things like that. So, as you say, beef is loved by consumers, and they're continuing to make that purchase. If you're just joining us, this is Mike Simone. He's the Executive Director of Market Research and Intelligence at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. This is Checkoff Chats, brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars. Remember, it's all about research, education, and promotion. You can see more work at beeftips.com. And uh, also, thank you to our friends from the Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association for coming along on this edition of Checkoff Chats. Let me ask you, Mike, as a person that keeps their eye on this ball every day, was there anything that surprised you or really resonated with you out of all of this information, the 2023 Consumer Insights Report? It's deep. What resonated with you? Well, a couple things. And just one more note on the, the uh, beef demand question you just asked. And that is kind of the classic definition of demand being strong or increasing is when prices are increasing and purchases are still holding steady or increasing. That is the classic demand or definition of demand. So uh, just to, to, to top that thought off, I guess a couple other thoughts are uh, with respect to meat alternatives. You know, two, three years ago, we thought the, the sky was falling, that uh, meat alternatives were taking over the market and going to supplant beef as a protein of choice. And that just is not materialized. And you just have to look in the marketplace to see that trend occurring, but also in the survey data. I mean, if one thing that moves in the data, and most of the data is pretty stable year over year, which also adds another level of confidence in, in a, a lot of the, the key metrics that we're keeping track of. But in terms of meat alternative consumption, you know, it's about, uh, it was about 27%, say they consume meat alternatives on at least a weekly 
basis, that was 31%. 20, 2021, as high as 34% in the third quarter of 2020, and then it was as low as 25% this last fourth quarter. So of all the movement in the data, that's one KPI that continues to move pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the up, Yep, and the other one I think is uh, uh, e-commerce continues to grow as well, and that really took off during the pandemic. And we see levels generally, you know, two-thirds of consumers are telling us they're shopping online for their groceries. About 80, 80% are, shop, are ordering meals online. And uh, of that 64%, about 44% have purchased beef as part of that online e-commerce purchase, which is up from about 41% last year in 21 and up from 23% in 2020. So it's almost doubled just in two years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, you know, once they make that purchase and they see that, the, you know, the quality is good, there's no concerns about freshness or expiration dates or safety or handling or things like that. Um, they're very satisfied satisfaction levels with those online purchases of beef are in the 75 to 85% realm. And once they make that, that tends to generate repeat um, incremental business in terms of that. So those are two things that really stand out to me. And e-commerce is here to, to stay, unfortunately. It, it, uh, uh, or fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Um, and the predictions, you know, before COVID, um, Projections for 22 were it was going to be about six or seven percent of total, but those were have been revised up to about 11, 12 percent hmm. of total total grocery purchases. Interesting, and it's and also and it's supposed to be 20 percent by 2026. So it should be doubling within the next five years. Wow, wow. Mike Simona, again, our guest today on Checkoff Chats. He is the fellow keeping an eye on the numbers. He is the executive director of market research and intelligence at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We're going to continue this conversation with Mike next time around. How are those buying trends that he just cited, namely people buying online? How is that impacting food service? Where is beef going that it maybe didn't expect to go quite so quickly? And uh, what kind of cuts does that mean? Are becoming a little bit maybe more preferable? A lot of information that's been made available through the Consumer Demand for Beef Survey, the Production Perceptions Survey. You can see it all. Beef, it's what's for dinner.com, beefresearch.org, and of course, right here in Wisconsin at beeftips.com. Checkoff Chats brought to you courtesy of our Wisconsin Beef Checkoff, and that, of course, issued by the Wisconsin Beef Council and in partnership with our friends from the Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Barn. Remember, beeftips.com for some of those great recipes that Mike was just alluding to. Checkoff Chat featuring Mike Simone.